Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're going to travel to sunny California. We're going to LA, Los Angeles, and we're going to talk to Lisa about AirTM and why is it needed, why still cross-border payments are often painful, and how you can do it better. Welcome, Lisa. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Fabulous. So can you tell us how did you get to do what you do today? I'm always interested in a little bit of a backstory. Sometimes the people's trajectories into entrepreneurship are not linear, and that's what makes it exciting. So how was it for you? Sure. Yeah. I also love a good story. I'm currently Chief Strategy Officer at AirTM, work closely with Ruben, our CEO, and I've been at the company about 18 months now. Prior to that, I worked at the Stellar Development Foundation, which is a nonprofit that supports the Stellar blockchain. And I was there for about five and a half years. I think the question is, how did I get into crypto, which Stellar then led me to AirTM? And that was a very roundabout path. I, my first career out of college was as a Peace Corps volunteer. I was in Mauritania, West Africa. I got very interested in savings and lending associations. I saw their impact in my village, then went to India and lived there for three years researching microfinance and other financial products aimed at empowering individuals by connecting them to the financial system. Then I moved to California to Los Angeles, went to grad school, and after a year out of grad school was introduced to Stellar and Jed McCaleb, who founded it by a professor, Bhagavan Chowdhury, who he and I both shared a deep interest in financial inclusion, financial empowerment. And he started working with Stellar and said, Lisa, I think you got to be here. And I've never looked back, really love decentralization and open networks as a way of building the next generation of finance. All right. So that sounds great. Now, what is the problem that you're solving, though? And why is it worth solving? Sure. So AirTM specifically helps individuals and companies around the world connect and transact faster and better. Specifically, we are very focused on supporting what we call digital entrepreneurs. These are online workers who connect to the internet from all over the world and leverage the internet to earn their income. So this is freelancers. That's, I think, a very kind of known example or use case. But increasingly, we have content creators. We have online taskers, people who are training AI algorithms or solving puzzles online and maybe only earning a dollar to five dollars per task. But they're coming from countries like the Philippines, Kenya, Egypt, Argentina, where that money day over day can be really substantial. 
And what AirTM believes is that these individuals matter. They're a growing part of the global workforce, and they don't have the right tools to help them collect their earnings and bring it home fast and cheap enough. So we've developed a digital dollar wallet and also a enterprise payment platform that support individuals from around the world and being able to get paid digital dollars directly from an enterprise or to check out with an enterprise with their own digital dollar wallet. And I think something that's really exciting for AirTM is that we focus on facilitating really small value transactions. We can do transactions of all sizes, but in particular, $50 or less is a spot where I think we really shine compared to the incumbents. Thinking about people like PayPal, Payoneer, or just your more traditional remittance companies like a Western Union or a MoneyGram, AirTM can move $50 from one part of the world to another and facilitate an individual then withdrawing that money locally faster and cheaper than I would really argue anyone else in the world. So that's the problem we're solving and the users that we're really focused on empowering. All right. I can see the difference, right? So in the past, you also had a lot of guest workers that were sending money to their home country, right? They were lining up at Western Union or something like this. That must have been quite painful. But now you have digital solutions, but it's probably not very efficient to do it for small amounts. How can you do it at an acceptable cost? Is there a technology angle to it or it's just a positioning that no one wanted to focus on until now? How does that work? Yeah, I'm going to explain that. But then, yeah, you are exactly right. And I want to take the comment that you just made a step further. We have this vision that in the last hundred years, this idea of migration and remittances, it was a huge thing that kind of, we'll say a money flow within the global economy. It's the backbone of America, where I'm calling from, is this idea of individuals coming from around the world to earn in the best currency in the world and send that money home. And we think today that has changed. And now, while you're still very interested in earning what we can say is like the strongest currencies globally, you can do that from anywhere in the world. And so we really see AirTM as being this kind of next generation for remittances, but in this new manner in which it's not about physically moving Um, from the Philippines to the U.S. as much. It's more about getting online and being able to earn from American companies while you're still in the Philippines. So you get the best of both worlds. But anyways, you just, you made that connection. So I wanted to share that vision as well. But you're absolutely right. We have technology that helps us be able to move money and kind of execute these transactions the way that we do. So we are a a company that leverages blockchain and digital assets to deliver payments globally. Specifically, our digital wallet for users is a wallet based on the Stellar Ledger. And we leverage USDC, a digital dollar stablecoin issued by Circle, as our asset and primary balance. So users on the AirTM platform really have a digital wallet with USDC inside. 
And so when we facilitate, for example, an enterprise making payouts to a global online workforce, that enterprise is moving from fiat money in their bank account into USDC and then dispersing USDC to thousands of individual retail wallets that are used by AirTM community members to collect their earnings. So that's phase one, where we make, we're able to leverage blockchain and USDC to make moving money between individuals or individuals and enterprises very low cost. But then once the individual receives that payment, let's say $50 of USDC into their wallet, how do they get it home? And the vision we have there, I like to call it the airport vision, where we through that wallet, really connect users with all of the best payment options and choices. So they can withdraw directly through crypto. So if they have another USDC wallet they want to move that money to, or they want to move it to an exchange, because that's where they think they'll get the best pricing, they're able to do that. We also then have what we call our direct bank connections which are facilitated by local payment service providers. And that's really your kind of traditional, um, I just want to withdraw this money into my bank account. And the Stellar Network does a great job of building in that infrastructure, which we leverage. And then our proprietary payment rails, which is our secret sauce, is a peer-to-peer marketplace, which we facilitate where AirTM can match you with a peer locally, and you can transfer your AirTM balance to them, and they will then provide you local currency in the payment platform of your choice. So if I'm in Kenya and I want, I receive this 50 USDC, I can match with a peer and withdraw to M-Pesa. I can withdraw to Chipper Cash. I can withdraw to my local bank account. And what's great about the peer network is that it is particularly great at doing these small size transactions with very low fixed fees. And it's also extremely fast. So we're able to help that Kenyan go from a payment disbursement by an enterprise to local money and their chipper cash or M-Pesa wallet, typically within 20 minutes because we're really just doing a fast blockchain disbursement and then a peer-to-peer match to be able to off-ramp those rails. A peer-to-peer market is a really cool piece of infrastructure that we've built and then layered that on what we think are the other kind of best-in-class withdrawal options for our users. I see. All right. All right. So we're talking about a kind of a closed wallet ecosystem, right? Yep. So let's say I'm in the Philippines, I'm a virtual assistant, I made 50 bucks a week, and then I can get this in a stable coin. And if I want to, I can exchange it to Philippine pesos through a peer network that you will facilitate. Exactly. Yes. So if I were to do this, and how much would that cost me in fees until I get the pesos? For example, if it's 50 bucks or 100 bucks? Sure. Our fees are usually around two and a half percent. I can check specifically for the Philippines. I'm actually going here right now, but 
usually for most of our users and some of our larger markets, they're lower. They can be closer to one to one and a half percent. And in other markets, they can be closer to maybe 4%. But for a market like the Philippines, we're going to be between two and 3% to withdraw. Okay. All right. That's fine. So I think in a range, it's, it's great. But then a question, why do you need a stable coin in between? Sure. I don't think of it as actually being in between. I think of that as being the asset that the individual is being paid in. A big advantage to AirTM that a lot of our users like is that they get paid in digital dollars and then they choose when they want to convert that into local currency, which is different from maybe I'm a freelancer and I'm getting paid through an international wire and So I'm really getting paid from an international company in my local currency, um, if that makes a difference. And I can help you visualize that by saying many of our users work on these platforms, a company like Scale AI, and they are given options for how they want to get paid. And they will opt in to receiving their payment into an AirTM wallet because they want to have access to those digital dollars as opposed to just doing an international wire. But I think the reason people like that in a country like Argentina, it may be hedging against local currency volatility. I think AirTM certainly can help you then take those digital dollars and do other things with them, whether that's spending or sending to a peer. And I think in general, we're seeing very fast global adoption of digital assets like USDC. So users can then leverage that payment to connect with the broader USDC ecosystem. In fact, I thought you may have said the word closed wallet. And we actually think of Airteam as being quite the opposite. We're like the anti-PayPal. We are an open wallet. And so you're not getting paid in AirTM money, you're getting paid in USDC. And USDC is something that is very liquid and you can deposit and withdraw from many other platforms. And I think our users, especially because they're so internet native, they get that and they think that there's a lot of advantage in having that and getting paid in something that is so portable and so liquid. And I would have thought it also has to do with regulation and basically that you are a cross-border facilitator. And if you were to do traditional transfers, you would have to be somewhere, right? You, I guess as a wallet, you are registered somewhere, regulated maybe. But yes, uh, when yes you have we a- are registered with FinCEN as a money service business. But yes, that's also true. That is the other side of the coin that for us as a business leveraging stable coins and digital dollars allows us to be a global company and facilitate access to AirTM for a global user base because we're not having to set up local banking infrastructure to exactly. deliver mile payments. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Maybe one more follow-up on the digital dollar, right? How does that differ from the traditional green dollar. If you remember that old episode from Seinfeld where he had a financial advisor, he was asking him, how is my money? He said, it's still green. 
<laughs> and then he disappeared somewhere. There was no money, right? So yeah. that's one thing on the green dollar. And then the second thing is stable coin. Yes, it's a stable coin, but it's not necessarily one for one, as we learned from Tether, right? That the Tether now needs to disclose, and it is disclosing more about the composition of portfolio that they use, right? It's obviously commercial paper as well and things like this. So it's not necessarily 100% same as having a green dollar, right? So how does it work in your case? What are the other differences? Sure, yeah. When I think about the digital dollar and USDC when compared to the green dollar, I think I think about it as being accessible and electronic. And so one of RTM's biggest markets, actually our biggest market is Argentina. And have you traveled to Argentina before? No, it's on my list. It's on my list. So now I know that you know, I need a different kind of dollar with me. <laughs> yeah, make sure you download RTM before you go. I'll say that. Sure. Um, but yeah, Argentina is super interesting country and economy. And there is a huge market for the green dollar, physical dollar there. And it's a lot of individuals because of the volatility with the Argentinian peso leverage the green dollar to as a store of value, basically to preserve their, their assets and their wealth, which is great. But, and I think Argentina is not the only country where that happens. You can imagine a place like Lebanon or Turkey, Zimbabwe, like all of these places. And we know that there's a flight to safety with the green dollar, but just like there might be with gold. But it's not something that an individual can then use to show their income history. It's not something they can use to show their total assets in their bank account, right? So I think what the digital dollar in USDC provides is, one, it's a much more universally accessible um, form of the dollar. Anywhere in the world, you can download a, a wallet like AirTM. And within minutes, go from your local currency into this digital dollar. Accessibility of the green dollar isn't quite there. But yeah, I think then given our culture and society and how important kind of the internet and electronic records are, being able to have a transaction history or being able to use that dollar in a digital sense is just so valuable. I think that is the comparison there. And then you're right. We were very intentional when we chose to leverage USDC over a stable coin like USDT. They have different advantages, but for our users, we believe that transparency and stability of the asset is number one. And so what we like about USDC is that they are extremely transparent about their reserves. They publish monthly attestations around their reserves. It is clearly cash and treasuries, which are on deposit. It's something we're always keeping an eye on, but we believe that this kind of new form of digital money matters and it's here to stay. And we think USDC is the industry leader and in circle in providing, you know, a regulatory framework for this new commercial innovation and really leading the way in terms of transparency around how they manage that balance sheet and reserve. Yeah. So I think 
USDT, there's more question marks just because the company itself is much less transparent and open. But I think that there's a place in the world for both of them too. All right, understood. And let me check on one more thing that you're saying on your website that you support 400 this one that you support 400 different ways of paying with the digital dollar. So how does that work? Just tell us some examples, 400 ways. Sure. Uh, that comes down to our peer-to-peer network. Essentially, we, through this beautiful peer marketplace, are able to connect with really any other payment network in the world without having to do a technical integration which makes AirTM a very flexible platform. We you know, get clients and see growth in a new country. We go there and we do our research to understand what the top payment methods and wallets are. And then we post those as what we call kind of opportunities within the AirTM marketplace and see peers signing up to then support those payment methods. So if for example, maybe it's Gcash in the Philippines. I mentioned M-Pesa in Kenya. Maybe it's Lemon or Bello in Argentina. Really any wallet, Bcash in Bangladesh, or local banking network that is important to people in a country, we're able to recruit peers, which we call cashiers, to support that payment network with an AirTM. And to just highlight that flow again, I'm in Bangladesh. I just got paid 50 USDC into AirTM. I want to withdraw that into my Bcash wallet. AirTM will show me the price for doing that. If I accept it, just like with an Uber ride, I will be matched with a peer. That peer will then accept the transaction. My balance on AirTM that I want to withdraw is moved into escrow. That peer will then transfer me money locally in Bcash. And once I confirm that I've received that balance, my escrow will be released to my peer. So it's a very flexible, fast, and human-centered approach to creating payment network interoperability globally. Awesome. Which leads me to another practical question. How do you make money? (laughs) Great. We make money off every transaction that we facilitate. So in the transaction flow I just described... AirTM will make some commission for facilitating that market. Or if somebody's using our crypto rails or a direct payment integration, we make a small fee for facilitating that connection. I see. So transaction fees. More transactions, more money. So that's what we tend to focus on. Of course. And so in how many countries are you operating not necessarily physically present, but can you facilitate the transactions with with those countries? Yeah, we're just about everywhere. We, I was talking to some folks from one of the UN agencies, and yeah, we've got we've got users all over the world. So definitely over 120 countries. I would say most of our users are from about 25 core countries: Latin America, South Asia, and Africa are key geographies there. But because AirTM and our payment networks are flexible and global, we have users from over 120 countries that we're actively supporting. All right. But tell us about how did you actually expand to, say, one of those countries? So 
Say right. I want to expand into Chile. All right, I can book a flight, rock up in in the in Santiago to Chile, and then what? How sure. did you do it? Well, we definitely didn't book a flight. We have had a really cool growth model, especially in the last couple of years. AirTM is eight years old. We started in Argentina and Venezuela, really being a digital dollar wealth preserving wallet. If that makes sense. When we started building for enterprises, and which was really in the past two years, it opened up a very different growth model for us. So traditionally, as you described, we started in Latin America and then we'd say, okay, you know what? Colombia, we want to grow our market in Colombia. Let's fly some people there and figure it out. But uh, what we found is our enterprises themselves have these client bases and users all over the world. And so they oftentimes, and more cases than not today, are the ones that are pushing us into new markets. For example, one of our clients as a company called Scale AI, they leverage individuals from all over the world to help train AI. And they started working with AirTM because we were the best payout method for Latin America. And they have a tremendous amount of workers from places like Argentina and Colombia. But then they came to us and they said, hey, you guys are great in Latin America, but we've got a ton of clients in the Philippines and Kenya. Can you facilitate there as well? And so we said, why not? And it does take us a little while. We need to make sure that we have direct connections available in those markets. And we also have to grow our own marketplace capability. You can think of this as recruiting local Uber drivers that can actually make sure that we have really well-functioning and well-priced off-ramps. So that's our growth model now. We work with our enterprises to have them take us to new markets. And then from that once that new market is identified, we start investing in our own operations and infrastructure to make sure that our payment, our local payment rails are going to meet our standard in terms of delivery time and cost. All right, great stuff. So what is ahead? What's next in the next 12 months or so? Oh man, so much. We are doing some very cool things on the infrastructure side. We're continuing to lean into Web3 and increase the capabilities of our retail wallet. We are getting ready to launch a totally rebuilt enterprise dashboard and product, which we're super excited about. And then it's just really growing our enterprise partners. So we think, yeah, there's just a tremendous amount of opportunity for us. And we think that we've got a great product in the market. So finding more and more businesses that are looking to distribute payments or collect payments from individuals globally, really nurturing our digital entrepreneur community and building AirTM's brand around supporting digital entrepreneurs, identifying earning opportunities, and just helping people get paid the best way they can. So infrastructure stuff and lots of enterprise growth. Wonderful. All sounds very exciting. Great stuff. Now, before I let you go, I just have two easy questions. First of all, what would be the nonfiction book that you would take with you on a vacation? Mm. If not on vacation, that you can manage reading while you're working. Road to Serfdom by Frederick Hayek. 
All right, I haven't heard of it in a long time, but I read it when I was young. Great read stuff. <laughs> yeah, or I would rather give it to some other people to read. Yes, very good, very good book and tip. Thank you so much for this. Now, one last thing. So what's the best way to reach out and find out more about RTM and about what you do and who would you like to hear from most? Sure. You can go to our website, AIRTM.com, or you can email us at enterprise at RTM.com. I think who we're interested in working with is anybody who's looking to grow their global community or looking to do payments with individuals globally, or if they have some other idea of what we could be doing together. But And you can also reach out to me. I'm on Twitter, Nestorius828, or my email is lisa at rtm.com. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Lisa. Good luck to you and RTM. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.